Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. If you are joining us online this morning, thank you so much for joining us. Please like and subscribe to our channel. Click the notification bell. And if you are ever in the area one Sunday morning, please join us at either 930 or 11 o'clock. But can we just put our hands together and thank them for joining us today? I want to start by asking you a question. And the question is this, how many of you have a place in your house where you put everything that you just don't want to deal with? Anybody got that place in the house? Like for, for us, for us, for the Michigans, it started with a little drawer in the kitchen. It was just a it's just a little innocent drawer, you know, where we can put the stuff that we don't want to deal with right now, you know, like all your warranties and, and all the paperwork. And, and eventually that drawer started compiling more and more of our life. And over time, what started off small has grown to fill our basement full of past memories. It's, it's the place where we put everything we don't want to deal with. It's the place to where we stick everything that we don't want you to see if you were ever to come over to my house. It's it's just kind of the the dark depths of the basement where the the thoughts and memories of the Meshegans go to to die. And, and you know, uh, I want to be vulnerable with you. And uh, I hope that you don't judge me for what I'm about to tell you, but... I still have the purple suit that I wore to my prom in 1999 hanging in my basement. As a matter of fact, I think I got a picture of it. That's it right there. That's right. Matchy-mashy, perfectly purple. That's Ashley and I. And I'll go ahead and tell you, like, that's not my proudest moment. Uh, I'm not particularly proud of that moment that I wore the purple suit, but it happened. It happened, and it's still hanging up in my closet, I mean, in my basement, and it's, it's there. And if you, if you get real quiet at nighttime, you can still hear the suit call out and say, you wore purple, you wore, and it still haunts me to this day, that decision that I made, right? But what I've found to be true is that in life, we all have things that we carried from our past into our present and sometimes those things that we have carried with us continue to haunt us it could be a past hurt that still haunts us today I mean it could have happened 30 years ago but it's still something that every once in a while will pop in your mind and you'll remember what happened to you or who did it to you it could be a failed relationship that haunts you. It could be a mistake that you made. Any, any honest Christians in here want to say, hey, I've made some mistakes in my life? Anybody want to be honest enough to say, hey, I'll probably make a few? Anyone to be honest enough to say, as you're talking, Pastor Arm, I'm already thinking up my next mistake that I plan on making this afternoon. All these things haunt us. It could be guilt from something you did that continues to burden you today, it could be a sorrow of something that has happened in your life. It, it, it could be an offense. 
You know, some of us, we, we were offended by someone and we still carry that offense today. These are all things that we can carry around. These are all things that we want to shove away and kind of pretend like it never happened. We want to put it in a place where no one sees it, but the fact is it happened, and I, I call it the skeletons in our closet. You ever heard that, that phrase before? It's, it's just a skeleton in my closet. It's like a constant reminder of the things that I've done. I'm not proud of it, but it's, it's there, and it still haunts me today. And you need to know this. Everyone in this room has something that they have either done or that has been done to them that haunts them. And if you do not, it's because you are so young that you are currently cooking up the thing that is going to haunt you in your future. Why? Because it is impossible to go through life without mistakes. It is impossible to go through life without being hurt. It is impossible to go through life without hurting someone else. Even if it was not intentional, you hurt them, and now you have to carry the baggage of that memory still today. Can I tell you, I, I went on a youth trip back, I don't remember the year, but I was probably like 12 or 13 years old. And I was a bit of a comedian. I was a bit of a class clown. And there was this kid that came on the trip with us, and they became my target for the week. And so, I mean, I picked on them so hard. I messed with them so hard because it was funny to me, and it was funny to everyone else. But here's the problem. I devastated that person. That person actually stopped going to our church because of what? I did to them, and I wasn't intentionally trying to hurt them. I was just trying to be, you know, a little kid having some fun, but I did that, and the memory of that moment is still with me today. We all have some baggage. We all have some skeletons in our closet, even King David. I, I was thinking about him this morning. He, he was a man that God said, hey, that guy has my heart. David is a man after God's own heart. David is the guy that God chose to lead a nation. David is a guy that we make a hero in our Bible stories. Yet David had some skeletons in his closet. David had some issues that he had to carry around in his life. And in Psalm 38, I want to show you this, because he gets to verse 3 and 4, and he starts spilling his guts about the things that are haunting him. Watch this, Psalm 38, starting in verse 3, David says, There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden and they are too heavy for me. Feel this moment right now because David, a man who knows God, is reminded of what he has done. He knows he's hurt other people. He knows that he has hurt the heart of God, but he also knows that he has destroyed 
his life because what he's done and he is in anguish and he is in pain and he's saying, God, I can't take it anymore. I can't take the pressure of my past anymore. And I don't know if you can relate to David, but I can. Daryl, I can, I can relate to David because I know there's been some stuff in my life that I've carried and it gets to the point where I've, I've tried to do it I've tried to carry it. I've tried to be the hero. I've tried to be the bigger man. But then I break down and realize I, I can't do, I, Brendan, I can't do this anymore. I can't carry that anymore. You know, we think sometimes that when you become a Christian and you ask Jesus to come into your heart and your life that he steps in and has this magical mind eraser, which wouldn't that be great? Like, he just he erases all the memories. We, we think he, you know, our memory will be erased. We think that the mistakes that we used to make will no longer make. But I found that to not be entirely true. We, we still remember the stuff that we did. We still remember the mistakes that we made. And sometimes we even repeat the behavior. And it will cause us at times to go, wow, am I even saved? Like I thought, I thought this whole Jesus thing, like my mind was going to be erased and I wasn't going to be tempted to do some of the stuff I used to, used to do, but here I am. I'm still doing it sometimes. I'm still thinking it sometimes. I'm still saying it sometimes. I mean, even this week, I woke up one morning this week and I was in what I call the red zone. And I, I may explain this in, in a future talk about the red zone, the green zone, the yellow zone, because we, we all have it. But I woke up, and things were just not well. I had received some bad information, some bad news that was weighing on me. And so I woke up early in the morning, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make some coffee, and I'm going to get alone with God, Right? I'm the pastor. That's what spiritual people do. They drink coffee and get alone with God. And so I get in my chair early in the morning. I'm going to get alone with God. And wouldn't you know it, my four-year-old wakes up. And she wants French toast, and she wants French toast now. And I can't explain to you why, but her wanting French toast when she wanted French toast really got on my nerves. I'm trying, I'm trying to be holy here. I'm trying to talk to Jesus here. You know, and my, my daughter wants French toast. I'm like, no, you get in the bathtub. She said, no, I want French toast. I'm thinking, you eat French toast in the bathtub. <laughs> and so finally I get her in the bathtub, and I'm just trying to have a moment of serenity. Serenity now, serenity now, serenity now. And she keeps on calling out to me. And then my older daughter's coming in, and, you know, she's got needs. And everybody's trying to get ready for school, and I just want a little bit of peace. I want to be alone with Jesus because this day has started really bad. And daddy needs to fix it. But I didn't get the peace that I was looking for because everybody was bothering me. And then I walk into the living room and my dog had pooped and peed in the floor. And when I saw it, I lost my mind. And now everything that's wrong about my house starts bubbling in my mind. All the stuff that hasn't been done right is bubbling in my mind, and I lose control. I start screaming. I start yelling. I start saying things that I should not say, and here I am. I'm the pastor, 
I'm trying to tell you how to fix your life, and I'm still all jacked up. But you know what I did? Immediately, immediately after I blew my lid, I apologized to who I needed to apologize to. I apologized to those who were affected by my poor behavior. And then I got in my car, I took them to school, and then when I was alone, I said, God, here's what I did. I own it. And obviously there's something inside of me that is still a work in, prog- in progress, and I want you to know that I need your help because I can't, I can't control that. I can't carry that kind of emotion around. I mean, I can try to hide it. I can try to push it down. But obviously, it's there, and it has the propensity to just pop up when I don't want it. And God, I need your help. I I didn't go into condemnation mode. I didn't go into judging my life mode. I went into the mode of, Jesus, I need your help. Are you seeing that? How we handle these things is very important. And you've got to understand there is a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation is you did that and now you're worthless. God does not love you. You do not deserve his love. All that stuff's condemnation. Conviction is, come on, Arm. I've got something better for you. That doesn't belong to you anymore. My spirit lives inside of you. Now now I've got some fruit I want to produce in you. Yeah, you messed up, but come on, keep on going. Keep on moving. Keep on pushing forward. I feel God. Somebody needs to hear this today because you're beating yourself up. You're tearing yourself up over things that you have done or things that have happened in your past that you're carrying all this baggage. So the question is, how do we deal with it? Like if we all have it, is it just something like I've got to carry this load until Jesus returns? Or is there an actual way that I can take all of this stuff and deal with it. And and I want to show you in Scripture, not just a theory, but I want to show you in Scripture what I have to apply to my life. And like I said, I'm still a work in progress, but I can look back and go, wow, I'm not that guy anymore. I can look back 10 years from today and go, I'm different then than I am now. I can look back a year on my life and go, I'm different now than I was then, but I'm still moving. I'm not perfect. Are you hearing what I'm saying? As long as I've got this vehicle of flesh, I will still make mistakes. And if I don't deal with them properly, not only will my past haunt me, but what I'm currently doing is going to haunt me into my future. So I want to show you, this is, this is very simple, but I want you to apply it to your life. So the, 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 the question is, how do I handle it? I mean, I can keep on trying to hide it, which is what most Christians do because we think that's what we have to do. We think that we have to show up at church and have a smile on our face and act like we've got our act together. We've got to, you know, we've got to act like we were showered by baptismal waters in the morning. We, we, we act like we floated out of bed and the Holy Spirit led us to this place for such a time as this. And we even get the right lingo, like, how are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, I don't have enough money to, to take care of my family, but I'm blessed and highly favored. Now, you know, we, we need to get rid of that junk and stop trying to hide it. Because just because 
someone else cannot see what's going on inside of you does not mean they will not be affected by it. That's important. Just because someone else cannot see it does not mean they will not be affected by it. As a matter of fact, when Ashley and I first got together, man, I was 17 years old. And there was a lot about my life and my past that she was not aware of. But she experienced it through my actions and my reactions. See, unresolved issues in your life will shape the relationships you're in now. That's important to understand. Unresolved issues from your past have the ability to kind of shape and hinder the relationship you're in now because you never properly dealt with what, what was going on. You, you just hit it and you acted like, if I just don't look at it, it'll go away. But hiding it doesn't work. It, it doesn't go away. It still stays and it festers. And at some point in time, if you don't deal with it, it's going to come out and people are going to see the effect of it. They may not know what caused it, but they'll see the effect of it. You know, I know people who can't have a healthy relationship because of what happened to them in their past. And so now these, they, they get in a relationship with someone who treats them well. They get in a relationship with someone who's not doing what the other person was doing, but they put up such a barrier and a guard that they can't let anyone in that they actually end up pushing the healthy relationship away. There, there are some people who will never try anything new in their life because they're haunted by the failure of their past. Think about that. How many of you are gun shy to try anything new because it didn't work then? All these things haunt us and hiding it doesn't to me seem like a solution. Hiding it doesn't seem like it fixes anything because the problem doesn't leave. So what else, what else could I do? I could try to run from it. And this is something that a lot of us do. We try to run from the thing that haunts us. So I may move cities. I may change houses because if I can get out of this city and get into a new house, it's going to be better. Or I, I may change jobs. If I can just get out of this job and get into another job, things will be better. I'll, I'll change relationships. You know, that person knows too much about me. If I can just get out of this relationship, I'll get in a new relationship and things will get better. Here's another one. I'm going to change churches because too many people there know about my past and I need to go somewhere where no one knows me because that will make things better but can I tell you something it won't the problems that have haunted you will chase you wherever you go and it, it may disappear for a little bit and you may think oh this is nice you know and the newness is here but then it wears off and that that thing hops on and goes surprise I'm still here remember when you did this Remember when this happened to you? Remember when this person hurt you? I see, see, you need to know I still hear the voices of these skeletons. They still talk to me. They, they, they remind me of the things that I have done in my life. They tell me, hey, man, you should not be pastoring a church. They'll, they'll remind me of all the times that I tried to help someone and that same person burned me. They'll remind me of what it was like growing up as a child, watching my family in ministry and watching my family get hurt and abused by the people that they loved and tried to help. And that skeleton would say, run, bro. Get out of here because that pain's coming. That pain's coming. That pain's coming. And so I've, I've learned 
that not only can I not hide the issue, but I can't run from it. And if I don't deal with it, I'll just continue to pull it into my present situation. And what haunted me then will haunt me now, and it will continue to haunt me into the future. So what is the correct response? How do we deal with this? We've already said we all have it. And if you do not have issues in your life, please write the book and sign your name Jesus and give it to me so I can read it and figure this thing out. But like I said, here we go. Are you ready for this? Here's, Here's what I found to be true. When I got these things that I can't carry. Proverbs 28, 13. The Bible says, whoever conceals his transgression will not prosper. So you you can't hide it. Right there, the the writer is saying, I've tried it. (laughs) I've tried to hide my problems. And it doesn't work. He says, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. What he's saying, if I can expose it and walk away from it, I can find mercy for it. If I can expose it and walk away from it, then I can find mercy for it. And when I talk about exposing it, that's not going to everyone and sharing your business with every single person. What I'm talking about is you getting alone with God and exposing this issue. Because the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, if we're willing to expose our sins, he is faithful. Somebody say faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from, what's that word? All. Somebody say all. All unrighteousness. Every single thing in my life He is willing and faithful to forgive it as long as I'm willing to expose it. And that's what David does here. He gets before God and he starts exposing the things that are in him and he starts bringing them to God because if I can expose it, it can't haunt me. It can only haunt me if it's hiding from me. You ever hidden behind a door and like jumped out and scared somebody before? You know why that works? It works because you were hidden. If you called them on the phone and said, hey, when you get home today, I'm going to be behind the bedroom door. And when you walk in, I'm going to jump out. I'm going to scare you. It's not going to work. Why? Because it's been exposed. The reason the things have the ability to haunt us is because we try to hide them. But if we can expose them and say, you know what? I did it. Like, I'm going to own this thing. I'm the one that messed up. I'm the one that blew my load all over the family. It's not their fault. I did it. And God, here's the thing. I can't fix it, and I can't handle it. Are you following me? See, see religion says you've got to deal with this thing. Religion says you've got to handle this thing. Religion says you've got to carry this thing, and then you can come to God. But the Bible does not teach us that religion. It teaches us that we can bring our problems to the Lord. We can carry them to him, and in him we can find rest. That's the gospel. I can't fix me because I'm the problem with me. And that's the problem with self-help. You can't fix you. 
Because you are the problem with you. I want to say it again because some of you aren't getting this. You are the problem with you. So I own it. I got myself here. I made the mistake. And I bring it to God. And I begin to expose it. And through exposing, I say, I need your mercy. I need your help. I need you to carry the load. And here's the good news. His word says that if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Somebody say new. We are a new creation. The old things have gone away. And so when the skeleton starts telling me you're not good enough, when the skeleton tells me I'm not going to make it, I have a right to say, hey, 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 you need to shut your mouth because you no longer live. That's who I was. But I am a new man in Christ, and I am not going to define my life by what the skeleton says. I'm going to define my life by what God says. And he says, I am loved. He says, I am called. He says, I am chosen. He says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And hear this. It doesn't matter what you have done in your life or how hideous it may seem. He's faithful to forgive. And when when I get this, when I get this, the skeleton has no room to haunt me because that's not who I am anymore. Now, I may still make the same mistakes, but I'm very quick to say, you know what? God, that's not my new nature. That's not the new man you've created me to be. So I I confess that I messed up. I bring it to you. I expose it, and I'm going to move on from it. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, I did it. But guess what? I can't change it. I cannot change the past, but my past does not have to hold me captive to my future. I cannot allow what happened to me yesterday to determine what is going to happen tomorrow. And you need to hear this because some of us feel like when we make a mistake, we have to back off from God and say, I'm going I'm to get this right before I start serving God. I'm going to get this right before I start attending church. I'm going to get this right before I start serving in the church. I'm going to fix this. And God's saying, stop. That's not how it works. I'm the one that makes you a new man. I'm the one that transforms you. I'm the one that takes you on the journey from where you were to where you can be. I'm the one that gives you a purpose. Stop trying to do it on your own because the burden is too heavy for you. And you you want to know something cool? God knew about your baggage before you created the baggage. God knew about the baggage before the baggage was even handed to you. And he said, I'm going to love you anyway. See, the Bible says, while we were still sinners, like while I was in the middle of it, bro, while we were still sinners, Christ died for me. He didn't wait to see what I was going to do. He didn't wait to see how I was going to respond. He died for me right there in the midst of it. And that is the beauty of the cross. I can bring my burdens to him and I can leave them there. I want to say that one more time. I bring my burdens to him, but then I've got to leave them there. Somebody say, leave them there. See, here's, here's what we sometimes do. We got our stuff, our baggage, our skeletons, our hurts, 
our offense, our bitterness, our constant reminder of our failures. And we carry it with us. It gets heavy. It weighs us down. We come to church and we hear a sermon like this. Where it's like, hey, there's freedom in Christ. You don't have to carry that load anymore. He come to me, all of you who are laboring and, and heavy laden, worn out. And Jesus says, I'll give you rest. We hear that. And so we say, you know what? I'm coming to the cross. I'm coming to Jesus today. And we say, Jesus, I need your help. And then we turn around and we walk away with the same thing that was weighing us down before we got here. What I'm saying, some of you watching online right now, you're carrying the same thing. You've been going to church for years, but you keep on carrying the same load because you don't understand that you can leave it there. It does not have to determine your future. So what? The relationship failed. Fix your hair and get out and meet someone new. The Bible says that he has a hope and a future for you. Stop carrying the baggage. So I come to Jesus and say, hey, I messed up. I jacked up. I did it, God. It was me. And part of the time I enjoyed it. But it doesn't belong to me anymore. I'm walking away. Romans 8.1 says, there is therefore now. Somebody say now. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, some of us grew up thinking that God is sitting in heaven waiting to get us. Waiting for us to slip up so he can crack us over the head. But that's not what the Bible teaches. He's not there waiting to condemn you. Read the story. He's there waiting to receive you with arms wide open. And when you come home, there's a party thrown in heaven because a son or a daughter has come home. They're still dirty. They're still filthy. They still smell like the, they still smell like the pig pen. Do, do you know the story of the prodigal son? He goes out. He squanders his life. He squanders his inheritance. He screws up, and he doesn't think his father's going to accept him anymore. And he leaves the pig pen still smelling like the pigs. Still filthy and still dirty, and he comes home waiting for his father to judge him. But instead of his father judging him, he says, come home, son. And I want to give you some new clothes. I want to give you my ring. I want to give you my shoes. I want to throw a party. I want to kill a cow and have some hamburgers with you because you're my son. That's how God feels about you. If you're hearing anything else or considering anything else, it's because you're listening to the skeleton. And the skeleton will destroy you. The skeleton will try to hold you captive. What is it that haunts you today? What is it that you've been carrying for way too long? What is it that weighs you down? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep on trying to hide it? Are you going to keep on trying to run from it? Or are you going to face that thing head on? See, sometimes we get backed into a corner in life 
and we go, I can't go this way because there's a wall. I can't go this way because there's a wall. I can't go that way because there's a wall. And we think there's nowhere to go. But you're missing it. You can move forward. But moving forward means facing the facts, facing the fears, facing the problems. But you're not doing it on your own. And David says, by my God, I can run through a troop. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. And so I'm going to run through this problem. I'm going to leap over this problem. And I am not looking back any longer. What are you going to do? See, I can't make that decision for you. And I'm dealing with my own stuff. I'm having to make my own decisions on how I'm going to handle my life and how I'm going to grow closer to God. The choice is yours. For those of you watching online, where your story is right now does not have to end. Hear what I'm saying. Where your story is right now does not have to be the end of your story. This is not a life sentence, not if you're in Christ. This is just a moment. This is a moment. And I believe today you can see a victory. I believe today that you can see a breakthrough, but it starts with you getting honest with yourself and honest with God. Own the fact that you are messed up. Own the fact that you have flesh. That doesn't mean you justify what you're doing, but you own the fact that I did it, I messed up, but there's room for me at the cross. Father, touch them today. Help them today. Encourage them today. Strengthen them today, and God change their life. In Jesus' name, amen.